Good morning. Today's daf is daf Nun Gimel, page 53, in the Hilgim Masechus Kedushin. We pick up at the bottom of Nun Beis, Omud Beis, with Tanya. The Lent in Ebreise. We learned in Ebreise. Um, and we are four lines from the bottom of Nun Beis, Omud Beis. Let's just get our heads back in the sugya, back in the topic. So uh, we're going through a fascinating conversation. And Michael asked the beautiful Shaila, or I'll actually call it a kasha, a challenge yesterday. The conversation is, if a man marries a woman with his portion of kudshim, with his portion of things that are holy, is it a valid marriage? Do we view it? Let's say I bring a carbon shlomim, I bring a peace offering, um, and I have rights to certain parts of the carbon to eat. Those parts that I'm eating, listen to this, it's beautiful. Are they mine? Or is Hashem my host and he's offering me this food to eat? And therefore I cannot marry a woman with it the same way you can't come to my Shabbos table and I can't come to your Shabbos table and say, Mm -hmm. I'm marrying a woman with your food. I can't do that either. Okay, that was the uh, beautiful conversation of the mission to which Michael asked a challenging question. He said, well, once we're going there, why don't we say that... You can never marry a woman yeah, with Kesef because all money belongs to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Which is a very deep question. It's a beautiful question because ultimately it's true. We got we got into the practicality of it, right? Which is that it's Taka Chiddush that we could use things that are Kesef and it's considered like I'm marrying it because that's the rights that Rabbi gives me. But the Kasha stands. The question does stand. It's a beautiful or a beautiful idea. When it comes to things that are Kaddish though that belong to Hakadosh, then we say it's enough. That Hakadosh Baruch Hu does not give me over the rights to use for marriage or to use in, in various ways that I see fit. Hence the hence the halacha of the Mishnah. So here we go. Tani, we learned there by Rebuda Aimer. Rebuda says, Mekudashes. Rebuda said that if you marry a woman with your part of the of Hekdish, Mekudashes, it's going to be a valid marriage. However, Rabbi Yisrael says it is not a valid marriage. It belongs to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. You're not giving it to her. This dispute is based upon a single pasuk. What's the pasuk? This is going to be for you from the from the fire. This means that after certain parts of a, of a sacrifice are brought on the mizbeach, the other parts that are permitted to be eaten could be brought. Um, could be brought on uh, I'm sorry, could be eaten, right? First Hashem eats, first the host eats and then we eat What does it mean you eat? You could take it and use it for whatever you want, which means the same way when you earn a paycheck, is it yeah, but you could use it as you see fit so too, when it comes to hektish, the same svar is like fire just like when it comes to the fire on the Mizbeach, it's burnt up, means it belongs to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So too, when you have a right to eat from a carbon, let's say it's the Kayan eating from the carbon, or I'm eating from the carbon, the Allah is, it's the Rebbein Shalom's, I just have a right to eat. I can't use it for anything that I want. Amr Rabbi Echanan. Rabbi Echanan says, Nimnu v'gamru. Nimnu v'gamru. Oh. They took a vote, and they counted, which means, came out with a majority uh, majority psak If somebody marries a woman with his chelak of a carbon, okay, it is not a valid marriage. It belongs to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and you only have rights to eat it. You cannot use it as you see fit. Rav Amar, 
Rav says Adayin Himachlekas. The Machlekas continues to stand. We don't have a uh, we don't have a psak. What does the Machlekas says? Rashi he says there was never a vote taken in Bezdin. So Rashi says there was never a vote taken in Bezdin that they came out with a final psak, and therefore the Machlekas stands. Okay, Amar Abai. Huh? It says Nimnu Begamru. That's Rabbi Echanan says that. Rabbi Echanan said, Omar Rabbi Echanan. Nimnu Begamru. Yeah, he's on Rabbi Echanan. It's never happened. Yeah, it never happened. Metziah stick of Machlekas. Yeah? Right, if you look at the third, second line in Rashi, Adain he Machlekas, Loi Amdu Laminion, Veloi Chazer by Rabbi Yudah. Yeah, nobody ever backed out and it was never taken to a vote. Omar Abai, Omar Abai says, Kavasei Rabbi Echanan Mestavra. It's logical to say that we came out with a psak. There was a vote taken. How do we know that you cannot divide a carbon mincha against the carbon zvachim? Which means, if you have various kaihanim, that one kaihan gets a carbon mincha today, and another carbon gets a carbon from the uh, meat offering from the shechita, how do you know they can't, they can't uh, change rights? Okay? Where he says, I'll take this, you take that. If, you're in, uh, if you don't have, let's say you're in a different mishmar, or you don't have rice to that carbon. Talmud Laimar, Bechol Mincha Asher Teyofa Betanur, any carbon mincha that's baked in the oven, Lechol Bnei Arantia, belongs to all of Aaron. Yachol Yachleikum Menachas Kenegat Zvachim. I would think you cannot, you cannot split a carbon mincha, Kenegat Karbon Zvachim, which means the opposite way, where somebody says, I'll give you my Zvachim for a mincha. I would think you cannot do that. Because... A carbon mincha is uh, not changed around when somebody is poor. What does that mean? When somebody brings a carbon mincha, there's a standard menu for the mincha. By other sacrifices, not necessarily so. Sometimes you'll bring a larger animal. Sometimes you, if you don't have enough money, you might bring a bird. Okay, so it's not. There's no standard menu. It could shift around. Um, I would say but you could split the carbon mincha by ayfes because by a, a bird offering it could be changed when there's poverty Talmud Leimar it says anything that's made in a marcheshes in the pen belongs to all of the children of Aaron now we're going to say here where you could divide Okay, where can you split you could divide a mincha keneged oifes now I would have thought not why because one is based upon the, the carbon but gains its kedusha upon the separation of flour. The other one gains its kedusha by the holiness by the acceptance of blood. I would say, but when it comes to birds and animals, you could split because both of them become hectish, become uh, sanctified at the same time with the blood. When it comes to a machavas, which is more of a uh, shallow pan, so we're learning out from there that uh, even if you have a, an ifais, a bird offering, cannot be changed for uh, parts of a uh, parts of a uh, animal offer. Okay. I would think that you cannot split the a carbon that's brought in more of a shallow pan for a mincha. See, some carbon minchas were, were baked in a, were like thinner wafers and some, some were thicker wafers. Umar cheshes keneged machvas, or vice versa. I would think that you could not split it in that way. Shazuma seim rabim, bezuma seim koshim. Because I'll tell you like this, when you bake thicker matzahs, it comes out like a latha. And when you bake a thinner matzah, it comes out like a cracker. Okay? Now, not a complete cracker, but, you know, as we know, the... Uh, the, uh, yeah, where's that? Sorry, spaced out. Um, 
I skip from one yachol. Yeah. Right, so let's go back. Yachol, I might think by Taisvis my chok and chaytven and move up a line. Yeah. That's real. Okay. Sorry about that. Yachol, I might think uh, I skip. So I'm going to go back a few lines. You cannot split a, car, a bird offering by a carbon zevach against a, a meat offering. Because when you shecht a bird that's done with the malika, yeah, it's done with the hand. The other one, the shechita is done with a knife. But when things are done in the same fashion, even if you have different size and depth of pans, it could be, uh, since it's, it's, you know, brought out in the same way, shall, so I would say, it's both done by hand, I would think you could divide it, also it says, to all the children of Aaron, what does that mean? The reason why we repeat this is to teach us, you cannot even shift that around, the Kahanim cannot trade their rights in that area, now I just want to pause, we're still going on this, but notice, if a Kayan cannot trade his rights from a specific type of carbon, this is pretty much, we're heading in a direction where we're very limited. Very limited to when I have a portion in a carbon, what I can do with it. Okay? Let's keep going. Let's keep in the broader view of the sugi as we go through it. You cannot split minchas that are brought in more of a shallow pan than ones that are done in a deeper pan. One is softer and one is harder. I would say, but let's say if Kahanim, one has a right to a carbon mincha, another one has a right to the same type of carbon mincha, but just, they're both in shallow pans, but they have different rights. I would think maybe over there I could trade because they're both the same style of carbon. Talmud Leimar therefore says, anything that's chareva belong to all of the sons of Aaron. Again, that you cannot do a trade ski. I would think that you cannot split the uh, different types, different animals of Kedesh HaKadoshim. But by Kachikalim you could. Talmud Leimar, no. Ish ke'echav. Each man like his brother. Then it says, if it's next to a carbon taida, which teaches me, the same way we're not allowed to split it. Um, you know, where I say, you take mine and I'll take from you. The same thing holds true by Kachikalim. Ish, it says every man. Every Kayan is allowed to take part in it. Even a Kayan who is a Baumum. Now, a Kayan Baumum cannot do the Avaida, but he could partake of the Matnas Kahuna. But a Kayan, you have a minor, he cannot eat from the Karbonus, even if he does not have a, uh, any sort of Mum, okay? which means his body is fit to Mamish do the Avaida, but he's lacking in Das. He's lacking in knowledge. So he can't. Okay, now let's, get this, let's bring this whole concept. Full throttle. Let's let's go full circle. Stam sifra money. Who is the Tana who writes sifra? Okay, who's the Tana who writes sifra? It's Rabbi Yehuda. and he holds the last but din chaluka klal. He says there's no din chaluka. Shema mino. You learn from Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda backed out, and their taka was a vote. And the halacha is, if somebody marries a woman with his rights. To a carbon, the halacha is you are not married. According to beauty, he would be married. He backed out. Look, you're not married. It belongs to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. 
you can't marry a woman with somebody else's stuff. Huh? What's that? Oh, that probably does. Zog the Gemara. You think you're done? You're not done. Okay. Amar Rabba. Rabba says. Fourth wide line. Ucharav milaitani. But didn't we teach a b'risa like Rav? Now Rav argued on Rabbi Yechina. Rabbi Yechina said Rabbi Yehuda changed his mind and backed out and they voted against him. Rav disagreed. Ucharav milaitanya. But don't we have a b'risa like Rav? Vatanya, we learned in a b'risa. People who were tzniyas, kahanim or tzniyas, would remove their hands, vagargonim cholkim, and those who are gargonim would split. Okay, now what is it? Oh, great question. What, what are gargonim? Huh? It doesn't sound very complimentary. Yeah, gargonim sounds like the people. It's referring to people who are... Um, <laughs> so the tznuim are those who are tznias, which means they approach their portion with tznias. They have manners, they have etiquette. Gargonim are people who, when there's a pie of pizza in front of you, they need to reach and stick their hand into the largest slice because they got one more bite out of it. Right? Ah, it's not filling you up anymore. It's not even going to be more geschmack by the time you get to the last bite. Fine, that's how Gargonim are. People whose eyes are bigger than their bellies and bigger than their brains. Okay? Fine. Now, um, what you see from over here is... Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> what you see from over here is that they're... Um, the, certain Kahanim would Lamaisa divide it and others were like, they take a step back. No, like, fine. Like, you take first. You guys got first, yeah? You see from over here that in a sense, you can get rights to your Kohen portion. Well, even though it's not coming from a great place, but if you get that extra, that larger slice, you get that bigger piece of meat, okay, so you have, you have rights to it. Now, if this is true, that means that this b'risa seems to imply, like Shittas Rabbi Yehuda, that you have, you have uh, your own skin in the game by carbon, and therefore you shouldn't be allowed to marry a woman with your Kohen, with your uh, portion in a carbon. You should be able to marry a woman with that, okay? Mar says, no, my chok, what does it mean those who would grab the food would divide it? It means... It means they would they would grab it. Okay. Now, what does it mean they would grab it? So this is talking about the lechem upon him. Yeah, the kahana would would divide the lechem upon him on their way out, so they would make sure. It's like, though some people need to get a bigger piece, and some people are fine. You know, I'll, I'll get what I end up. Tani seifa, ma'aser be'echad. The story with the kohen shechatav chelkai. He grabbed his chelak. Vechelak habera. I'm getting for my friend. Yeah. So he grabs a big piece. and says, "What are you doing?" It's for my friend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. I'm asking for a friend. And they called him Ben Chamsen Ad And they called him the Ben Chamsen, the son of the grabber. Yeah, until uh, the until the day that he died. All right, that that became his definition. my Kara. Where do you see? Just we're trying to ask where, where the name Ben Chamsen comes from. It comes from the pasuk. In Tehillim of Elikai 
Hashem, palteni miad rasha, please uh, deliver me or make me a refugee from the hands of the rasha, mikaf from the spoon or the hand, me'avel v'chaimitz, of somebody who, is, uh, who has evel, somebody who has sin, and, uh, and chaimitz, somebody who, uh, who uh, grabs. Rabbi Omar Mehocha, Rabbi says from here, limdu heitev, learn well, dirshu mishpat, ashray chomotz, and uh, help those, make rich those who are chomotz, who have been grabbed from. Okay, but the Gemara here is just showing and proving <clears throat> where the name um, where the name comes from. Okay, that's that's the source of uh, of the name. Chomitz. Huh? I mean, what's the yeah, chomitz and, 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 and vinegar is chamitza. Interesting. Okay. Two dots. Maisha sheni like Yiddish. If a man marries a woman with Maisha sheni, whether he did it on pipes or by mistake, like Yiddish, he's not married. This is the opinion of a mayor. Now let's go back just to talk outside for a moment before we get into Shitas Rabbi Huda. But there are certain things, even if you're not allowed to marry a woman with it, if you do, it's an Avera, but it's valid. It becomes yours. Okay? Now, if you do something B'Shaigeg, you didn't necessarily steal, so you may not be married. But if you do a B'Mezid, sometimes it's reversed. Right? Sometimes when you have a bigger problem, it might help you in a different area. Cheaters can prosper in that specific way. Okay? It means it would be valid. He says, if you did a B'shaigeg, it doesn't become yours, so it's not a valid marriage. But if you did a B'mezid, it is yours, it is a valid marriage. Again, Rebbeir said, either way, it's not. Says Gemara immediately, what's the source for Rebbeir? That whether he did it on purpose or by mistake, it is, um, it is not a valid marriage. Amr Rebacha, the son of Rav, said, quoting a Gemara, very interesting expression. Okay, Rashi kicks in over here and says that he taught us an earlier Gemara that the Chum had. So Rashi uh, explains over here, but it is, it is a unique expression, Mishmedi Gemara. All right, what did he say? All tithes of the land, from the seed of the ground, from the fruit of the tree. Lashem, who? It is Hashem's Kaidash Lashem. Maishashani, who owns it? The great Lord. So what does it mean? Lashampu. It's God's. You can't marry a woman with it. It's not yours. I can't marry a woman with your money. I can't marry a woman with something that's the Rabbanu Shalom's. Hari Trumas Meiser, Dachsev, Kain Trimu, Gamatam, Trumas Hashem, Utana Makadesh, Betrumas, is referring to Trumas Meiser, is Mekudashah. So why is that different? Says, Imar, Dleksev, Be, Lashem. There by Trumas Meiser, it doesn't say the word Lashem. So it's more yours. Vaharei Chalab, Bapechalab, Dachsev, Batit, Tanu Lashem, give it to Hashem. So it says Lashem. And what happens if you separate Chala? And then take it and give it to a woman who turns my guys with Shumas Mugudeshes? Says Gemar, like Sibbe Kaidish. My Chala does say Kaidish. So when it says Kaidish Lashem, that's when it's not a valid marriage. Otherwise it is. Very Shviyas, but what about Shemitah? It says Kaidish. Now does it say Lashem? No, so that's going to be the answer. That's referring to the holiness of Klal Yisrael. It's not referring to the holiness of Kedusha. Okay, fine. Fine. She's referring to the Kedusha of Klal Yisrael. But can't we still learn out from there that Lemaisa, we know, when it says Kedusha by Truma. 
What does Kaidish mean? To who? Hashem, of course you know that. If it says Hashem, then it's not a valid marriage. Then, you know what Kaidish means. By the way, the word Kaidish itself, as we said many times, means divided, it's separated, it's elevated, it's different. Why? Lashem. Regular separation is called Havdalah. Havdalah is when I just separate two things. At the end of a Shabbos, when I'm going into a Chayl, I'm separating, but it's going down. By, when I go into Shabbos and I'm elevating Shabbos, it's called Kiddush. Kiddush and Havdalah is the same exact thing. Same thing. Rav Yitzhak Zilberstein has a fascinating Shailah, and he answers, you can make Kiddush after Havdalah. If I make Abdullah, it's not a steer to me making Kiddush. So the case that came to him was an IDF soldier was sent out to battle on Shabbos morning. He didn't have time to make Kiddush. He came back. Um, they, they were sent back to their uh, barracks. Whatever it's called nowadays. Uh, and as soon as he got back towards evening, they, uh, they were radioed back. And he knew that he's not going to have time to make Havdalah. And it was after Plaga Mincha on Shabbos. So you can't light Eish, but you can make the rest of Havdalah. Halakha Lamaisa. The person won't be able to make Havdalah on Matzi Shabbos. You can make Havdalah after Plaga Mincha. Before, even before Shkidah. Now Shabbos isn't over. You can't do Malacha. It's a kosher Havdalah. So he knew this. So he made Havdalah. And uh, there's still an hour to Shkidah. He, he goes out. Come in later, they were canceled. They're back in their barracks. And he comes back and he remembered he didn't make Kiddush yet. Because he was out the whole day, and then he made Abdullah. From right, can, can he make kiddush after Abdullah? Bizim Zubashim said absolutely. Just because he made Abdullah is not a, is not a stira at all to you making kiddush, because he, both of them are towing life the same thing, with accomplishing the same thing. But again, going back to our point, Hevdel, what's Abdullah? It's a separation on on a level that's not going up. Kiddush is separation separation on a higher level. So says the Gemara when it says it's kiddush, kiddush. What does sanctified mean? Separated and elevated to the So it doesn't say Hashem. Big deal. I know that already. The elder Robin said in front of Rav, Amar Kra, who says it is Hashem's, which means Rav Yasuya Yehei. Maeser Sheni is to Hashem. Enechanami doesn't say all the words that we want, but since it says it retains its Kedusha, the Kedusha remains. Okay, beautiful. Back to the Mishnah of Hektish Bemezid Kaidesh. When you marry a woman with Hektish, if you did it on purpose, it's a valid marriage. Why? Because it's now yours. You were my old hektish. B'shoigig like Yiddish. Here of Meir agrees. It depends if you did it on purpose or by mistake. If you purposely used hektish, it's a valid marriage. You're not, you didn't have era, but it's a valid marriage. If you did it by mistake, it's not. I'm like Yiddish. Okay. Now, there's a difference between hektish and what we learned, uh, we learned earlier with Maish Hashem. Rav Meir changed his opinion and Rav Yudah changed his opinion. So we want to know why. Amr Abiyakov. We, we heard from Abiyakov. Two haluchas. Number one. Shigas Meiser the Rav Yehuda. Shigigas Hekdish the Rav Meir. We learn out one halacha in Shittas Rav Yehuda when somebody uses Meiser Sheni by mistake. And we learn another halacha from Rav Meir when somebody uses Hekdish by mistake. Shneem ein isha miskadeshvam. Either case, it's not a valid marriage. Chada lefisha ein isha writes it. In one of them, either Rabbi or Meir is not so clear yet. It's because the woman is not willing to be married with it. That's why it's not a valid marriage. You know, it's a woman can only be married with something that has value to her. She doesn't want to use it. If she has no interest in it, it's not a valid marriage. Chada lefisha ein shneem writes him. I'm not sure which halacha 
is because a woman doesn't want, and which Allah is because they both don't want. Okay, but one shaygig of Rav Meir and one shaygig of Rabbi Yehuda is going to be for yeah, them. Yeah. So let's get into this and clarify, help about. Let's help out Rabbi Yaakov. Yeah, Amr Birmiya says, Nachsianan. Okay, Rabbi Yaakov, don't just leave vague things hanging out there. Let's delve into this and get some clarity. Nechzianan. Let's see for ourselves. Meiser, when it comes to Meiser Shani. Ihi nechla. That's got to be the one. You know why it's not a valid marriage? By Meiser Shani, according to Yehuda. Because she doesn't want it. You know why she doesn't want to use Meiser Shani? Let me ask you a question. Can a woman eat Meiser Shani? Betcha. No problem. But where? In Jerusalem. So she's like, eh, I'm in Tiberia. So why don't we I'm by the Yama You want to marry my Shani? I don't want to go to Yerushalayim. Who wouldn't want to go? I don't know. But this woman, she's got something going on in her life. He's in Yama Mela, spa. Uh, that's it. Okay, there you go. There you go. But to not go to Yerushalayim. Ah, yeah. I would say Mishim For whatever reason, it's difficult to travel. But for him, it's Gishmak. The nickname is Samamela. Because over here, listen. He could use his Maishah Shani and have her go to Yerushalayim and eat it. And this way, somebody's eating in Yerushalayim and Shalom Al Yisrael. So he wants it, she doesn't want it. So it's got to be that Rabbi Yehuda says it's not a valid Maishah Shani. The reason is because she doesn't want it. That's the Maishah Shani. El Hektish, when it comes to Hektish, that's where they both don't want to use it. You know why? Because they don't want to be the one that makes Hektish into Chulun. Right? They don't want to be the ones to get the Avera of Hektish. See, by Maishah Shani, there's not necessarily an Avera. But over here, by Hektish, there's going to be an Avera. Rabbi Yaakov says, no. Ibcha Mistavra. You want to delve into this and figure it out? Let me tell you. I could use the opposite logic. Get ready for this. You could say, when it comes to Maishah Shani, she's the one who doesn't want it. Let me tell you something. That's what you say. I'll tell you something else. The husband also doesn't want to use Maishah Shani. You know Why? Let me ask you a question. What happens if he gives her my Shani, she starts traveling to Yerushalayim, and it spoils? Yeah, I stammer because there's a kid's tape where they stammer when he says spoils. What's the front? The longest Pesach. Shmuel Kundu. Longest Pesach. The guy, Simon the Baker, is trying to uh, poison all the Yidden. He always made the bread after Yom Tif, after Pesach. And the Maral heard about this, the famous Misa, says in the tape with the story, the kids' tape. So they, when the cops come to Simon the Baker, he starts stammering. And they wanted to know why the dog died after eating the challah. He said, maybe it's spoiled sometimes, you know, he's very nervous. Okay. So maybe it spoils and he's the one responsible. I get why she doesn't want it. <laughs> she can't use it. She doesn't want it. Don't do it. Eliyu, but for him, Milan Echla, what does he care? The Nikli Yitzam Mela. Yeah. She's got the Aver if she uses it on, uh, improperly. He's got a new wife. Big deal. So maybe I'll say the opposite. Okay. Say it. So either way, guess what? We're still unsure. As to, we know the halacha of Rabbi Huda of Shagig by Maishashani, Kanaka married. The bear's halacha of Shagig by Hektish Naka married. One of them is because. The husband doesn't want, the, the wife doesn't want. One of the reasons is because they both don't want, and we hear the svaras from all angles, and we're still, we still don't know. Okay, fine. We're walking away from that. Bamine Ravamir, Chista, Rav Searching for information from Rav Chista. Isha ain't miskadeshes. 
We said that a woman who uses hektish by mistake is not married. Okay. What if he uses money that belongs to hektish? So is it a valid marriage? No. But does the money lose its status of kedusha? When you use hektish for your personal benefit, it's money. So it loses, it becomes chulit. So we want to know what about the money? What happens? Guess what? It's still holy. You know why? Because if it's not a valid marriage, you never used it. And therefore, it still belongs to Hekdesh. The only time it's concerned to me, either when you do wife something, you accomplish something with it in your own personal benefit. That's right. The fact that... Beautiful. Very good. Very good. Right? The machshav of Ravera doesn't do anything. Lamai said nothing practically happened. The male still belongs to Hekdesh. Ask a question searching for information from Ruchisto. Mai, what would be the halacha when it comes to a sale? Okay. Meaning, I want to sell you something and you have money of hektish. You're willing to use money of hektish to pay me to buy it. Now, can you do that? No. But what if I didn't? What do we say over there? Okay. What do we say over there? My, what is the Allah? He says, Nothing happened there either, and therefore there's no chiyuv, there's no obligation. That's a challenging question. When it comes to a storekeeper, we say he's considered like a regular balabayiz, which means if a storekeeper has money of hektish, whatever Allah is a balabas is going to have, a storekeeper is going to have as well. Okay. If somebody gives money that belongs to Hektish to a storekeeper yeah. and he uses it, he's yeah. obligated to Me'ila. It's a, he, oh, he's yeah. transgressing. But how does he know it's Hektish? He doesn't know. It's Shagig. So you walk into my store and give me Hektish money and then I go and use the Hektish money. Now, why'd you give me the money? You didn't use it. You're kind of... Uh, you just left it here. Now, I don't know if you're... Giving it to me because you want to have credit at my store. I don't know. The chenvani when he uses it. Yeah. Okay. So a storekeeper again has money at. uh, I'll give you an example. On the first of the month, you walk into your store and you're like, here's $1,000 for the month. Every time I come in, they deduct from you. It was just the opposite. They put a bill for you over here. Let's say yeah, you, you gave it to him, stop. To hold on to. Now, he doesn't necessarily need that money for uh, a specific cause. So the reason why you have to create a situation like this is because if you use it to actually purchase something, you already mailed on the money. Here, nothing, was, nothing concrete was done until the store owner used it. It's going to be a, it's going to be a, a unique case. Let's say buy a gift certificate. Okay. Um, I don't know how good it would play. Yeah, I'm not sure. And that would still be the I'm not sure. And there would be parsimonious. Um. Okay. Where are we? Iceway. How many Kabbalabais? He's considered like a Shulchani. Considered like a uh, a money changer. Okay. A money changer needs money constantly to be able to flip it to flip it over. Okay, 
Everybody agrees that if the Chemini um, were to use the money for his own personal benefit, he has Me'ila. He's the one who's going to be Me'ila. Now, this could be, this seems to imply, even if it was done unintentionally. So you see, if something is done unintentionally, it's a valid sale. It works. And that is a, um, that seems to be according to all opinions. And the Gemara of Meir Ladvar of Yudukamar, Rav Meir is going in the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, who says, according to me, says Rav Meir, if the storekeeper spent the money, it's not considered Mila, according to my approach. Okay, why? Because it was done Bishaygi. She never made a Kenyan. But according to you, who holds up what he spent on Hektish, it's going to be Mayo. You would agree, the Chemini Kabbalah and therefore over here, he should not have transgressed. I treat him like a money changer, and therefore, for it would be a transgression. Okay. Says the Gemara Omar Rav. Rav says, Chazarnu We have really uh, viewed Rebbe Meir from all angles, all the sides of Rebbe Meir. This is, I want, I want to tell you of the opinion that there's no difference between Mezid and Shagig in the, by Meiser, but there is by Hektish. So we attacked the Ramayana. He says, you know, we didn't find anywhere where Mayor says explicitly that if you use Hektish Bishaygig, that, that it is Ein Mishal, that it's, uh, it's still holy. But Bemezid Mishal. When it comes, if he did it on purpose, it is Mishal. In other words, we find, when we look through Ramayana's statements, says the Amayana, when we look through Ramayana's statements, he seems to hold that Hektish and Maiser Shani are the same thing. Umeshaseinu. But in our Mishnah, I, it seems the mayor says explicitly there is a difference. We're dealing with a case where you have the garments of the Kayan that are still fit for the Abayda. They haven't yet worn out. And since they haven't yet worn out, they still have Kedusha. And since it belongs to Hektish. But it's a unique case where something belongs to Hektish, but a Kayan can make personal use. Because what's the whole purpose? It's his uniform. So let me ask a question. If, when a client puts on hectic clothing, let's think about this. Did he do me'ila? Did he transgress? No. He has to wear those clothing. The Besamikdash makes him clothing. He has set clothing to do the avoda in. Nachon? So there, you could use it for your personal benefit because that's, by definition, what you need to do. Right? The fish line in the Torah, the Malachi Asharis, the Torah is not given to Malachim who don't need clothing. Okay, and therefore, if I were to use garments, says Rav Meir, there's never going to be meila. That's where there's a difference between shaygim and mezid. Uh, so that's where that's uh, Rab's approach in Rabbi Meir. Um, let's hold it here. All right, we'll hold it here for today, Bezem. Tomorrow, we're going to go back to the bottom of Nun Gimel and pick up from Amarav, and we're going to get into this whole sugya of uh, how to handle the situation where a kain is wearing worn-out clothing, even though it belongs to a hectish, and what happens if he purposely is using it for his personal benefit now? If he did that, but maze it, does that change anything? All right. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.